630 Chad This Morning Podcast with Stacey Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre. We're talking about honey. I did not know how big Alberta is when it comes to honey production. Mm -hmm. We have approximately 40% of honeybees in the country, over 300,000 colonies. Um, And and Alberta has the largest beekeeping industry in Canada. Did not know that. And we produce some pretty tasty stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Including the the folks at Good Morning Honey. Uh, Richard Osrose, co-owner of Good Morning Honey. Uh, And both Stacey and I have worked with Richard uh, long ago, back in the broadcasting days. So we've watched you on your journey from, from a little tiny, small business to the going concern that you guys are. So uh, this is fun to be able to sit down and chat with you about the honey business Yeah, these quite days. different. That's a lot different, right? Doing this. Uh, it's a, <laughs> do you remember how a mic works? No, not really. Stuff, I so. see a red light in front of my eyeballs. That's about all. <laughs> I, you know, I should be talking, I guess. That's all you really need to know. Yeah. How, how's, how's it going? Uh, uh, there, there's the generic honey yeah. industry question. Um, I'll give you a generic answer. So-so. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it's really variable. It, it, it's it's uh, one of those businesses. It's, it's really changed... Uh, I started in 2011, mm-hmm. and the first four years were super easy. The weather was cooperating, mm-hmm. the falls were getting longer. It seemed like we're, you know, this is why, why didn't I do this earlier? I know. And then we started to have where, uh, early winters where we were getting lots of farmers getting uh, snowed on their crops in September. And, and, then, and then after that, a few years of that kind of weather, then we were having droughts and fires and floods and, you know, like... It's it's really been a mixed bag of weather. Like weather's been a a major major, major part of of the business, of course, because it's agriculture. So what's peak weather? What if Richard Osro could set the weather, and you did for many years? You know, <laughs> yeah. at least you reported yeah. on it for many years. What would be best well, for for beekeeping? Yeah, this year was very close for us. It okay. seemed like like in. It was, you know, it was a dry start. Obviously, in the spring, you don't want that. We could have had more rain in the spring. That would have helped. But by the time we got into um, late June, early July, we were having daytime highs around that 25-degree range, not too warm. That's perfect. We had some good moisture. That was great. The flowers were everywhere, and it seemed like it was going to be a bumper crop, so I was getting ready to order more containers to put all the honey we were going to make into. Mm-hmm. And then the, the forest fires started. And what, what impact did that have then? So it's a couple different things. It affects the bees and it affects the flowers. So with the bees, it creates all that particulates in the air and that causes uh, some ability for them to navigate as well as they usually do. They use a bunch of different things to navigate, but you know they use uh, a lot of rays from the sun and stuff to get to hone in. And I'm, I was told that they don't forage as far in the smoke. Mm. So they kind of wear out the area right around them. And well, then, oh, go ahead. It's just when you when you want to calm them down or whatever when you're trying to work with them, you'll smoke them, yeah. right? So does that just make them more lethargic? Uh, there's they talk about lethar- lethargy and also uh, they don't get to to send their they, they use a lot of smells and pheromones to to talk to each other. Okay, and so it kind of blocks those signals getting getting put across. Then the other part of the fire was it affects the plants by um, I think the plants go into survival mode and they stop taking up moisture. And just in case the top above surface burns, they want to be able to 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 use what's down in the soil left to keep the roots alive mm. and come back to fight another day. So if they're not taking up that moisture, they're not making nectar. The bees have nothing to to go and feed on, and they're not making honey for you. So this year's production wasn't as good as you had hoped. Uh, some yeah, for for our business here in around Parkland County, like we have hives all the way from West Edmonton out to Tomahawk, Wobbeman, that area. And so the the further west was really poor performing for us because of the smoke. But closer to Stony Plains, Spruce Grove, Edmonton, it was 
you know, a little bit below average, but it was, you know, decent compared to what we were having out west. Uh, but there were pockets of beekeepers around Alberta that did okay, and, and some others had their worst year ever. Wow. So it's so variable. Hard to, uh, hard to plan for that. You, uh, I did a, sort of a honey taste test with you, mm-hmm. and it was really interesting about here's dandelion flowers, and you could sort of get that, and then blueberry bushes, and this is yep. where the bees went, and it, the, the honey had this this slight you taste of, of blueberry. And I know wineries, when it's really smoky, you get this almost, some some of them, depending on how close they are to whatever fire is happening at the time, you can get this smoky taste. Is there any smoke taste to, I, to I, the honey? I no? haven't tasted that. I haven't okay. noticed that yet. So, good. Um, yeah, good. I don't think they work together. <laughs> so, what do you no, mean? I, do, I, I, do I actually a... spent a lot of money on smoked honey. Yeah, <laughs> there's, I have a beekeeper really? friend who makes a smoked honey. Like he, <laughs> exactly. He goes through big effort to right. do yeah. that. Yeah, and it's hmm. okay. Yeah, for sure. Oops, that's a thought. Uh, lots of people like to point at bees and say that they are the canary in the coal mine, or that they indicate how things are going. Do you do you follow along that that kind of a kind of a philosophy? Is if, uh, but it does sound like the bees in our environment reflect each other. I don't know. It's hard to say because I I, I pay way more attention now as well. So I don't know. Well, you know, it, 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 there's so much variability. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, just how things have changed over the last 11 years. You get these blocks of of how the weather seems to go in their patterns, and we we really got struck by this El Nino that's going on right now. Yeah. Super dry right now. February is going to be historically a dry month, and so you know, it's I, I'm bees are pretty resilient. Beekeepers are pretty resilient. So if we can just get a little bit of uh, Get a bone thrown our way, uh, we should be able to do okay. Bees are kind of drought, drought e tolerant, mm. so they can they can do okay in, in in drier conditions. But we we need the moisture for the farmers because it's been a long struggle for for a lot of producers yeah. over the past several years. What about bee health? I know over the last couple of years there has been um, a disease that went through bee populations. Is that sort of in the distant past? Is that no, something that you're always keeping an eye on? Yeah, no, it's 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 very prevalent. It's it's been a it's been a real struggle, uh, you know. The it's been since '86. So the there was a mite called the Varroa mite. It it made its way into North America, then it spread into Canada, and so it it causes a lot of issues. It it physically damages the bees by burrowing into its side and and eating the the fat body, so the bees' energy reserves. And also at the same time, it kind of opens that bee up to other diseases that that might carry so it's a vector for a bunch of diseases so that's that's a problem so we're we're working on an unusual treatment that that takes care of that problem is is kind of fading and it's not as effective as it used to be so we're scrambling to find new ones and now they're looking into the future there's concern about a different type of mite a smaller one but one that reproduces even faster and can take over the colony and it's it started in asia and it's sort of sweeping its way uh west through parts of europe and you know we're really concerned here in north america to keep that thing out of North America. So that's that's one of the big concerns. So but no easy no easy ride. I'm curious about how the uh the if there is a correlation uh, between that and the small sort of hobby beekeepers we're seeing uh, spark up a lot. So why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back and we'll chat with Richard about a uh, good morning honey, also about some technologies and some more of the challenges and the and the and the wins cuz you can't sure. just face the challenges. You got to celebrate the wins too. All uh, as we continue here on this morning. What's the buzz on the honey industry here in Alberta? Good morning, honey. Good morning, honey. And the owner of that business, Richard Osero, joins us to talk about uh, the state of honey production because it is a big thing in Alberta. I don't think people realize. No, it's even, you know, when I was working in television, I'd tell my colleagues, yeah, I'm into honey. I'm a commercial beekeeper, you know, and 
and they didn't understand the scope of it. You don't until you walk into that warehouse and see uh, what it takes to, to make all the honey that Alberta makes. And so that, that brings me to something. So if you, we have an awful lot. We had a message on the text line. Somebody wants to get in on the bottom, you know, just start with their own little small bee colony at home. Mm-hmm. Want to get some advice on how to do that before we get to it. Is there an issue with disease that comes in and with smaller producers who might not have the, uh, the knowledge for treating them that there can be some, some interaction or some infection or do the, the hives stay completely separate? Is that an issue for you? Well, you know, as a producer, you always want to blame someone else for, for the problem, but I'm yeah. not going to throw the, the hobbyists under the bus because they some of them are great. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to get into beekeeping, make sure you get informed, take some classes, know what you have to do to keep those bees healthy and alive. They are, oh, in all intents and purposes, a domesticated animal now. Mm. It's not like, oh, I want to go buy a cow and just let the cow do its thing. And then wing you, it. Uh, yeah, yeah, and wing it. You need to know what you're doing. There's lots of courses. Uh, you can go through Nate. You can go through the Alberta Beekeepers Commission. Uh, there's there's courses in southern Alberta, northern Alberta, and just get informed. There's lots of uh, beekeepers who will sell you some starter hives, or you can get packages of, of bees that come over from New Zealand, and then you start them in the spring. And so there's there's lots of options, but like I said, just make sure you do your homework because you can, you can lose your hives pretty quick from from not having enough knowledge. Yeah. And sourcing bees is tough, right? Yeah, there's a lot of politics behind mm. that right now because the border, you know, right now, if you want extra bees, you as a beekeeper, you can buy some from your local friends, uh, you know, source them that way. But if you need lots early in the spring, that's when you usually need them. If you had a bad winter and you have lots of high colony losses and you need to replace, like, hundreds or thousands of colonies, you'll usually get packages of bees from a country that is, you know, the opposite climate of what you are. So they've kind of finished up their honey production. They mm. they shake a bunch of bees into a box, put a fresh queen, ship it to Canada. Uh, and in a matter of 72 hours, it's in your doorstep and you're putting it in, wow. introducing it into a, its new home so that it can get started and, and grow fast enough to become a, a viable colony by July. And so... Right now, where there's a lot of talk about trying to reopen the border to the states, uh, because it's been closed since '86 because of that worry about the Varroa. Well, the Varroa has come, but right now there's a lot of politics. There's, some beekeepers don't want that border to reopen. Some people want the border to reopen. So that would be a, a, a local source where we can have a continental uh, source of bees. But there's still a lot of political stuff to work through on that. Yeah. See if it happens. How fun! Oh yeah, agriculture politics <laughs> always going to be some. Just before we get out, let you go because we're going to run out of time here in a second. You had a trade show last week. Yep. Is there something new? Is there some kind of bee technology that gets you ramped up? And if so, what on earth is that? Well, there's there's all kinds, and there's another big trade show coming up in Calgary. So you're mentioning your your friend uh, in Calgary. There has some bees. There there's a big one coming up at the Canadian Honey Council. Uh, is having a, a giant show for Canada. So there's there's all there. Beekeeping is very traditional. There hasn't been a lot of changes since the 1800s, mm. but there, there, are, there is new equipment. There's new uh, technology trying to monitor hot, uh, temperature and, and um, all the different humidity and all the different uh, things going on inside the hive yeah. to help you have more data to make better choices uh, uh, more speedily so that you can react quicker. 
mm. and help keep the bees alive. So there, there's cool. stuff coming down the pipeline for sure. All right. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks it's, very much. It's seriously oh, great to see you. Happy birthday to my dad tomorrow. Had oh, to say that. Yeah, tomorrow. To. And you just had a happy birthday for yourself, yeah, too. So between 15. you and your dad and then Stacy, you got a One whole big bunch party. of people. <laughs> Tear it up, kids. Thanks, guys. It'll be as sweet as your honey, Richard. Oh, Richard Osaro, co-owner of Good Morning Honey. And you can find that. Where, where can people find your honey? Um... Easiest thing to do is go to goodmorninghoney.ca. We've got a list of all the stores we're at and all the farmer's markets, and and we also do weekly deliveries. Awesome. Perfect. Thanks, Richard. Thank you. It is 7.52.